Welcome to Unwanted Guests, the podcast that teaches you about insects and other pests that may join you in and around your home. It's brought to you by the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension and the Texas A&M Department of Entomology. We're your hosts, Wizzy Brown, Robert Puckett, and Janet Hurley. And today we're talking to you about carpet beetles. And they're not what you're normally thinking of when you think carpet beetles. So, Wizzy, I know I get these calls and people just think uh, carpet beetles are all about carpet, but are they? And what are they? No. So, well, carpet beetles are beetles, obviously. Um, they are very small and they can sometimes come indoors. And if they start reproducing indoors, then that can lead to issues. So when carpet beetles are outside in their natural environment, which would, you know, the adults a lot of times are going to be on plants like crepe myrtles and other things. They feed on pollen. But if you have uh, trees like crepe myrtle trees or other plants that are flowering plants and they're close to the house, that can lead them inside. And if they start reproducing inside, then you can get the larvae and the larvae are going to feed on protein matter. And they were called carpet beetles because carpets used to be made of wool and that is a high protein item. And so they would feed on that, but they don't have to necessarily feed on just carpets. I have seen them in dog food. I've seen them um, on a, in a house that had hardwood floors and they just had like dog and cat hair kind of clustered in certain areas. And that is where the carpet beetles were. So anytime that you have a carpet beetle problem, you know, that means that there is some type of animal-based protein matter that they are coming from. Wow. Because, you know, you just think the term carpet and yes, I mean, I get the wool idea, but wow, thank you. So, so Robert, yeah. my question for you is, what do they look like? Well, um, they're, they're quite variable, actually. There's quite a number of species. Most folks find themselves dealing with the varied carpet beetles, um, B-A-R-I-E-D, varied carpet beetle. That's a, a common name. <clears throat> um, and the, you know, the, the adults are beetle in appearance, right? They look like a little pill crawling around. Um, the varied carpet, carpet beetles um, are sort of mottled in coloration. They've got really tiny hairs on their exoskeleton, their elytra primarily, um, that give them the, this, this pattern. But, you know, you kind of have to magnify them. They're very small. You have to magnify them to see this. Um, yeah, and the, the larvae are uh, pretty interesting looking too. They're, you know, if you think of a, think, think of a, a beetle, a tiny beetle grub, but a really hairy one um, with a tuft of, of hairs that extend off of the posterior end of their body. They're slow crawlers. Um, folks will often find them uh, crawling on their walls in their homes as they're moving around, um, presumably from resource to resource. And as uh, Wizzy mentioned, um, they're often found in association with some natural product, natural fiber, be it wool, um, some clothings, taxidermy. Taxidermy is a big one. Um, here in the South, we have a lot of folks with taxidermied animals, and this is a, one of the key pests of those very expensive mounts. Um, 
so so yeah, they're a, they're a small beetle. So this leads me to a question, <laughs> especially when you mentioned taxidermy, but is this harmful? I mean, are they harmful pests to to my to me or my family? Well, in one sense, I suppose I, I, you know there is some evidence that if ingested, the larvae, those hairs that I mentioned before. Um, uh, can cause some discomfort, some gastrointestinal So issues. don't eat them. Do not eat strange beetles crawling around your house. Um, or other things that might mm -hmm. be crawling around your house. Correct. Yeah. Or at least do a good job of identifying them first and make, make sure that they're um, thought of as um, uh, good food insects, but I wouldn't eat these guys. So from that perspective, I think that's probably the only, um, the only means by which these could be harmful to humans. Now they are a destructive pest, right? So um, if in the case of, you know, wool rugs or taxidermy, like I mentioned before, if they're feeding on those materials, it, it can destroy them over time. Well, what about the cases of people? Do you ever get somebody saying, I have something quote unquote biting me or they're itchy? And when you look at glue boards that they bring in, they will have carpet beetle larvae on there. And in that case, it's usually like the exuvi, um, which is the shed exoskeleton when they molt and get bigger, um, those kind of get airborne. And if they touch sensitive skin, that can cause kind of a stinging or itchy sensation. Yes, I, supp I suppose so. Um... Although I don't know that I've ever encountered that, you know, a situation with somebody that was dealing with sort of mystery bites or mystery stings, um, that that it looked like that was the, the the causative agent. But but I can certainly understand that being the case for sure. But so, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking because I'm going more with Wizzy on this one, Robert. But okay, you've got a large accumulation. Maybe it's because you've got trees close to your home and they've gotten in and maybe it is a bedroom where there is carpeting. It could just be that, you know, especially if I was a child, maybe I'm down on the ground rolling around. So could that be problematic? And is that where, you know, maybe I need to be thinking about well, what kind of control options I need to be thinking about? I think more than anything, um, you know, good sanitation or cleaning is really going to help cut down on any sort of like massive population. I mean, I, I personally, in my experience, everybody has a few of the adult carpet beetles in their house just because they're pollen feeders. It's they're tiny. It's easy for them to get into the structure and so if you see one or two, I, I wouldn't really panic about it. But if you're seeing larvae or you're seeing large amounts of the adults, then that's really when I think about control. And, you know, for something as simple as getting out the vacuum and making sure that you vacuum real well, especially along the edges, underneath furniture and getting all of those areas where that thing like pet hair collects or even like in the bathroom, you know, when you're brushing your own hair and you have that stuff that falls out and kind of collects, cleaning that stuff up so they don't have that food source. You also need to pay attention to, you know, clothing or any materials like silk or feathers or 
leather or wool, all of those can be sources. Robert mentioned the taxidermied animals. If you are someone who is into antique furniture, some of that may be stuffed with mm -hmm. horse hair, which mm -hmm. could also be an issue. So you would need to look at that. Yeah, like, like so many insect pests, it sort of comes down to, um, you know, removing whatever source material that they're using for their development, right? So it's, well, I should say pest insects that actually infest homes. Um, and I've seen some, some fairly unique situations, well, maybe they're not all that unique, but certainly unique to me. Um, um, most recently, I, I rode along with a pest management professional here in Bryan College Station to, um, to a carpet beetle infestation that they couldn't really get a handle on. And um, so it turns out it was in a very large home um, in College Station, but the beetles were restricted to a single room. And that room had um, one window and it was used as a uh, sort of an office space and laundry room. And um, so, so I, so the beetles were accumulating on a sort of a countertop below the window. So they were being, as adults, they were being attracted to the light source and then falling out over the counter and the floor below. Um, but what we couldn't figure out is where they were coming from. So we looked through every, every item in that room. And eventually I decided, well, let's at least pull the, the washer and dryer out away from the wall to see what we see. And underneath, there was lots of, uh, lots of fur. And so I started asking some questions and they had had a rodent infestation. And the rodents had chewed around the dryer vent um, to the exterior of the house. So that's where they were coming in. It's very clear there was a rodent nest in the back corner behind the washer, the washing machine. The mortar where the tile connected to the wall had broken away either through movement of the foundation or some other reason. But so now there was this crevice just at the corner where, um, where the rodent nest was. So you can imagine all the hair and material that fell down into that crevice. That was the source of their beetles. That's the area of the house from which the, the larvae were developing. And then they were crawling out and then flying to the light. And that was it. You know, they treated that area of the house and that was the end of the problem. So, so again, finding the source, identifying the source in particular with these insects is very, very important. So inspection is the key. Yeah, for sure. And Wizzy mentioned my favorite device, a vacuum. Mm -hmm. I, I, my running joke when I'm doing cleaning and, and this doesn't matter if I'm just doing the quick once a week scoop up the dog hair clean or I'm on a tear and I want to clean everything. That vacuum is your best friend. It sucks up a lot of stuff. And, you know, that goes into those hidden places where you can't see sometimes underneath furniture, behind, um, you know, dressers, in those corners, up, up against the ceiling, behind things. That's a great area. You also need to make sure that if you are vacuuming, which, you know, I highly recommend, you need to make sure that you're either emptying the canister or emptying the vacuum bag so you don't have something perpetuating in that particular area. Well, you know, <laughs> I always talk about that. So we vacuumed, we've disposed of our insects, but, 
but even though Dr. Puckett was talking about um, our his solving the issue, is there a need to spray or use an insecticide to control the carpet beetle? I think it really depends on the situation. That's one of those things where you really need to look at the situation and kind of figure things out. I mean, me personally, the way that I approach things is I'm going to try to do it without using pesticides first. And then if I can't get something under control, then I'm going to move to that pesticide. But the pesticide isn't going to be something that I go to first thing. Robert, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I would definitely concur. I mean, if, if you're, again, if you're not solving the, the source of the beetles, right? If you're not addressing the source of the beetles, you know, you can treat an entire house with insecticides and, and maybe not solve the issue, right? So there needs to be much more time spent trying to figure out where these insects are coming from and thinking about whether or not um, insecticides are warranted or needed um, than actually applying pesticides, right? I mean, we need to spend some time thinking about whether or not we can control these without an insecticide. And many times you can. Um, and, and in other, other cases, like for instance, the, uh, the example that I just gave, um, the, the PMP used an insecticide, but it was very targeted um, along and within about an eight inch crack in, um, you know, in, in, the, um, in the mortar. So the point is whole house treatments with insecticides are, are not, not always warranted for these beetles, or I should say infrequently warranted for these beetles. The, the thing that, that we're trying to, to help educate our listeners about, and it's what we all work in as, as a day in day out routine, it's called integrated pest management. And part of that integrated pest management or IPM is, we always look at what the source is. Where is it? How do you get to it? And then solve it. Mm-hmm. And by source, we mean, where is this pest coming from? And what are the things that we kind of look for, Robert? Well, I mean, with these insects, we need to be thinking about natural fibers, be that in, um, you know, rugs, clothing, um, upholstery, et cetera, right? So you don't have to worry about the, your source population of these is not going to be on some synthetic material. So if you, you know, as a property owner, if you just stop, sit down in a chair and think like these guys are feeding on hair, where's the hair, right? Um, Where, what could be supporting the growth of the immature insects? Um, I think just spending a little time doing that will take folks a long way down the road to finding a solution to the carpet beetle problem. So thank you so much for sticking with us on this episode of Unwanted Guests. Next time, next time you see carpet beetles, remember to put on your Sherlock deerstalker hat and do some detective work. For more information, go to extensionentomology.tmu.edu. Catch you next time.